1: Hello and welcome. It's our number one, our number one of the Mallard Show. We're back at it. The weekend is over. We are back slaving away behind the hot microphones of Fox Sports Radio. In this hour, dedicated to the Sunday night game, and we focus in on the Ravens, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, problems stacking up like dirty dishes. Is it time for John Harbaugh to start worrying about his Ravens? As they are having their issues all of a sudden, we examine that and more here in hour number one. Dancing in the raindrops. Welcome in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Ballard Show. We are in the air everywhere, coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the fast Fox Sports Radio Network, emanating live from inside your head. As we bloviate the overnight hours away. Also hanging out here at the Geico FSR studios. Hope you had a great weekend. Whether you did or not, we are back at it. A new week is upon us here as we kick off the weekday lineup here at Fox Sports Radio. And we begin, as we often do, very rarely do we not begin with the Sunday night game. It is the most important game of the weekend because NBC has been given the gift Of what is supposed to be the Bafo saco game of the week. It's very important. You know it's important because Al Michaels is there and Chris Collinsworth. So we'll start with that. Cam Newton, Cam Newton, the much maligned Cam Newton, who had been miserably bad and the Patriot offense had sucked out loud since about week three of the regular season, but he ends up throwing Cam Newton a touchdown pass. He ran for another and the New England Patriots. Playing in typical Foxborough weather, although I usually think it's a little bit later. Later it'll be snow. It was rain and wind and all that combined there as they beat the Ravens 23-17. The Patriots get into the win column for the second consecutive week. Not sure if you had a chance to watch this game or not. If you missed it, it was a competitive game and a game that was led by Damian Harris, the Patriot. Running back, another one of these guys that doesn't have much name-brand value, but he ends up running for a career-high 121 yards, and the Patriots have won consecutive games for the first time since Tom Brady exited stage right and said, I'm getting out of here. See you later. I'm Gonzo. And Cam Newton, who did not have the sexiest of stat lines, but again, it was rain and wind and all that. Newton was 13 of 17 for 118 yards. And a touchdown pass on a short little dump-off to Rex Burkhead, a sprint out in the first quarter. And that was the first touchdown pass for Cam Newton since week three. He had played in four games. He had missed one, but four games – without a touchdown pass for Cam Newton. But the better story is not in the Patriot locker room on this day. The better story is on the Baltimore side of things where the Ravens, who had been so good, especially on the road, their road winning streak ends at 10. But it's not just that. It's not just that. You say, well, that's a one-off. It's a one-loss situation. I think it's bigger than that. So the question, is it time for John Harbaugh to start stressing out? About the Ravens, is it time for John Harbaugh to look around and say, "Wait a minute here, what are we doing? What are we doing?" All right, so I've got kryptonite, kitchen sink, and buttering, and we will combine all of these things together. Now, uh, the the first thing, a Baltimore, they still have a really nice record. So you oh, you can't freak out. They're six and three. There's nothing negative about six and three. Oh yes, there is. The Ravens have now lost two of their last three. Which would not be a big issue if they were somewhere else, but they happen to share the AFC North with the NFL's only undefeated team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, taking the Bengals behind the woodshed for a beat-down, blowout win, and so the Steelers, who had a bit of a COVID scare and that Roethlisberger didn't practice during the week, didn't matter as they get to nine and zero. And so now Pittsburgh has a full three-game lead over Baltimore in the division. And then you peel back the onion a little bit more, and you're like, hey, what's going on with this Lamar Jackson? Like, Lamar Jackson, yet again, not quite the guy that he had been a year ago. And you're like, wait a minute. This guy was the MVP a year ago and made me look like a donkey. And I realized there were monsoon conditions, but – Lamar Jackson, while his final numbers did not look at all that bad to the naked eye, the offense was not consistently matriculating the ball into the end zone for touchdowns. And you'd say in a monsoon-like condition. It was a light wane, and then by the end of the game, it was just coming down. It was, uh, it was raining those peanut-sized M&Ms. That's how big the raindrops were. Uh, but in those conditions, you would assume the Ravens, with their running attack traditionally would dominate a game like this, but the results would indicate that was not the case. Uh, And if you looked at the box score and you didn't see the game, you say, well, Lamar's numbers were not bad. Lamar Jackson was 24 out of 34 for 249 yards. He had a couple of touchdowns for the Ravens. But there is one glaring issue here. There is one glaring issue when you look at Lamar Jackson and the Patriot defense able to... Mess it up. And the, the one thing you try to do is force Lamar Jackson to beat you with his arm. And part of it because of the weather, but part of it because the Patriots defensively took advantage of that kryptonite. And if you curtail and you cut down on his ability to run the ball, and they certainly curtailed it in this game, the Patriots did, you take away the man's superpower. All right? You can't, you can't, you know, you know, he's running around there with his cape on, but he's got no superpower. New England limited Lamar Jackson. To, you know, he could not matriculate the ball down the field consistently with his legs. They held him to 11 rushes for 55 yards, which is a manageable, manageable total to, to only have 55 yards. And you look at some of the, the other running backs. Gus Edwards was the leading rusher. He had 42 yards. Mark Ingram had five carries for five yards. And as a result, Baltimore only scored 17 points, not a... Put in perspective, we're talking about why John Harbaugh has to be stressing out. Well, this is a sign. This is a sign. Uh, Keep in mind, the Jets last week, now I know the weather was not a factor, but the Jets scored 27 points against this New England Patriot team. In fact, if you go back to the beginning of the season, this was the fewest points the New England defense had given up since week one against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. And then you've got that same old cloud hanging over Lamar Jackson when he falls behind by double digits. Can he come back? And Lamar Jackson falling behind in this game and in his career, he's fallen behind by ten or more points six times in his career when he's trailed by ten or more points. And the Ravens are zero and six in those games. And it's it's something we've already known, but this is a stark reminder that Lamar Jackson is a, say it with me now, front runner. That's what Lamar Jackson is. He is not the come-from-behind quarterback. In fact, the Ravens are not designed to come from behind. They fall behind by double digits. You got problems. Now, they they were behind at halftime, not by double digits, last week against the Colts, and so they were able to come back. But overall, six games and 10 points or more, 0-6. Lamar Jackson's record as the Ravens quarterback. But wait, there's more. Part B of this. So John Harbaugh, here's how I envision things with the Ravens. Like a 6-3 record, and he goes, oh, no, it's not that big a deal. But it's like the kitchen sink is filling up with those nasty plates, bowls, and glasses covered with goo, and the problems are piling up. And not only has Lamar Jackson regressed, and in, in many ways, just very average. If you look at the passing offense, it's below average for the Ravens on the year. But it's also now the defense in Baltimore, which had been the meat and potatoes of that team, that has fallen apart too. Calais Campbell, who was out, he couldn't play in this game, injured. And it, it appears that he, Calais Campbell, based on the results here, that was like a scab that covered up a wound. And you didn't know they had the wound, and then with the, the scab being ripped off, now there's gushing, and it's not a good kind of gushing for the Ravens' defense here. They, they got emasculate, a, a trick play. Jacoby Myers, the wideout, threw a touchdown pass in this game. And, and Baltimore, if you look at what they were doing, they were desperately trying to stop the running attack of the Patriots. They were putting extra players in the box to try to stop the running attack, and the Patriots were still able to run the ball against the front line of the Ravens, which is an indictment of the players that were stepping in for Calais Campbell and the other players that were out. So at this moment, Baltimore, they are the seventh seed in the AFC. Now what does that mean? There are, there are only uh, six teams. That's how many. Six teams that all have the same record. They're one of six In the AFC, they all have the same six and three record, identical at this point, which means if you continue to have the bad times as the Ravens have had of late, there is no margin for error. Everyone is on a dog pile on top of each other, and the Browns and Titans are lurking at 6-3. and Now, the Ravens already beat the Browns earlier this year, and they played them again. In fact, if you look at the schedule now, the Ravens, who have not played particularly well, they've lost two of their last three, they play Tennessee in Baltimore and then go to Pittsburgh the next two weeks. So if this is going to be the way that the Ravens are going to play, the way they played against the Patriots, and they don't get any better, then you're staring down the barrel at a 6-5 and record as we revisit this a couple weeks down the line. That's what's on the line. So absolutely, John Harbaugh needs to start stressing out, start pulling his hair out of his head at this particular point. All right, last word here. So for Bill Belichick, I don't want to completely ignore the Patriots, but for Belichick, this win is reason for cautious optimism that a couple of weeks ago people were like, tank for Trevor Lawrence, and then they barely, the Patriots barely beat the Jets. So you're like, how impressive is that? It wasn't. Well, this is a nice win in a bad-weather game, a traditional bad-weather Patriot game. But the Patriots are now 4-5 and on the season. And they're still on the wrong side of five hundred. But you keep looking at those two games. You can't get them back. The Seattle game and the Buffalo game, those were opportunities Cam Newton needed to make hero plays, the kind of plays that Tom Brady had made in the past. Cam Newton was unable to do it. He came up short in both those games. He fumbled Against Buffalo and the Seattle game, he got stuffed at the one-yard line on multiple carries. And if those two plays had gone the Patriots' way, if you play the ifs and buts game, which I like to play, uh, then New England would be sitting here. They'd be 6-3 and three in the middle of the playoff race, but they're not. And the Patriots, though, they do have a manageable schedule for the next stretch of games here because they they have a shot to get back to 500 they play a road game which makes it a little more difficult but not that much difficult Road teams have played very well this year although they didn't play well on Sunday but the Texans are up next in Houston a terrible Texans team at two and seven. And you certainly want to help the Miami Dolphins out if you're the Patriots there because the Dolphins have the Texans pick, and you can beat them. Uh, Then the Patriots play Alligator Arms Murray and the Cardinals. That game's in Foxborough. Remember, the Cardinals needed a a fluke Hail Mary to beat Buffalo, which was more bad defense by the Bills. We'll get to that later. And then uh, Arizona also lost to the Lions at home and to Tua in his second start. So that's a, a winnable game for the Patriots against the Cardinals. Then after that, they go on the road and they play the Chargers and the Rams. Everyone's beaten the Chargers. The Rams are a little bit tougher. They have a good defense. They also have Jared Goff, who is prone to making mistakes. So the, the the path is is not great, but certainly in the next week, the Patriots get back to 500. You can revisit this, and they're in the situation, the proverbial backs against the wall the Patriots here, where they have to be perfect. They have put themselves behind the proverbial eight ball. They have to be perfect to sneak back in to the conversation. Now, there was a funny quote, the very loquacious Cam Newton turning out to a turning out to be a quote machine after this game. He was buttering the biscuits of Bill Belichick. Cam Newton said, quote, I am beginning to think Belichick either has like A Staples easy button or a Buffalo Wild Wings button or just a straight, direct line to the football gods because he's like a football whisperer when it comes to anticipating what the game is going to be like. Close quote from Cam Newton. There you go. I'm guessing Belichick does not eat at Buffalo Wild Wings, and I'm thinking he doesn't shop at Staples either. But it's a good quote. It's a good quote from Cam Newton. We like that. It's a good quip. Why not? And... See, the, the the thing about this, though, with the Patriots is when the players actually perform, Belichick looks like he knows what he's doing. When they went out and lost to Denver at home, didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Did he have the Buffalo Wild Wings button or the Staples Easy button there? No, because the players did not execute. Belichick is the smartest guy in the room until the players screw up, and then, then it's, the game's passed him by, he's lost his fastball, and all that. All right, it is the Ben Maller Show. If you want to talk about any of that, anything going on in the NFL, it is all available to you if you'd like to be part. We'll open up the lines for a new week at 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. You can be part of the festivities. Also on Twitter, at Ben Maller. You can check out the Facebook page, which is Ben Maller Show, on our Instagram page. Ben Maller on Fox, three different social media platforms, three different names as we babble on. That's one of my nicknames, the Tower of Babylon. I have 46 officially sanctioned nicknames. That's true. It's, It's a fact. I'm not making it up. All right, a throwback to the Ottoman era. Say what? A throwback to the Ottoman era. We'll get to that,
4: and we will do it next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field, whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
0: Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com with Amex. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch
3: it's Maller 2020, and you can be heard in the democracy of the Ben Maller show. We encourage and welcome the voice of the people. That would be you following the voice of this show on Twitter. He's at Ben Maller, and you can tweet at and follow me, Eddie Garcia, your humble sidekick, the voice of reason. I'm at Eddie on Fox. Oh, snatch was good, yeah. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio
1: Studios, it's Ben Maller, just Josh. Right, He says, Bill Belichick doing his homework on the Ravens this week, and he gives the monologue a B. Robin Vegas says, with all due respect, Mr. Miller, you missed the mark with your opening monologue. The real winner this weekend was one Dustin Johnson. Not only did he set the Masters scoring record and collect his first green jacket, this uh, lucky SOB goes home to uh, that piece of ass. All right. Well, thank you, Rob. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to imagine that a professional athlete would have a hot uh, girlfriend. I, can't, I mean, n- those never happen. Like, beautiful women are never attracted to professional, male professional athletes. It does not exist. I mean, it's very rare, and I, I, we should do a monologue, Rob. I mean, you really nailed that one. You're on the pulse of the people there, that Dustin Johnson, the fact that he has an attractive girlfriend. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's stunning. I mean, very rare does that happen, and so I think we should spend some time to focus on that. I had zero interest in the Masters this weekend. I did not. I had I had, was watching college football and uh, the NFL. I, I didn't really give a crap about them. Am I bad because I didn't
6: care about same the here. Masters? Same here, same here, yeah. Remember, you're lo- the same it got, way, right? Yeah, yeah. I got lost in all the football, man.
1: Yeah, and then like when the Masters happens when it normally is supposed to happen, like I'm into it. Yeah, like I this, watch all, it.
4: all of this is just baseball. That's it, and then you got the Masters.
1: Yeah, it's like a it's like a breath of fresh air. But this, I, I had no interest. I, I wonder what the ratings are going to be, the final ratings for for CBS because they bumped all their NFL coverage that they had in the early television winter. They had no NFL games on CBS. It was all Fox games early on to accommodate all, all those the early Masters. games
3: were pretty awful though. I
1: mean. I loved. It. I w- I would like to see them uh, for those of us to work uh, overnight and sleep in on the weekends. Uh, you know, happen to maybe live on the West Coast. This was very accommodating by the NFL. I, I liked the the split. I liked having a lot of games late. It was good.
5: Yeah. I, uh, recently, I, I used to wake
2: up all the time right at ten o'clock. Right, Just watch the yeah. games. No, yeah. now no, I'm like, you know, I'm waking up around eleven o'clock, man. Like, I gotta get no, some you, sleep in there. No, you
1: can wake up at eleven thirty, see the second half. Ah, eleven thirty. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, the move, the veteran moves, because most games aren't decided in the first this half. That's exactly
3: what I did today.
1: What's that? You woke up at halftime? Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, halftime of the early games. Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, same here, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I do the same thing. I, I've been doing that for years. I get up at halftime. I figure most games are close at
3: halftime. Exactly. You
6: feel like you're wasting your your well, time I, in the I, morning, be, like you should be fan, sleeping.
3: Being a fan of an East Coast team, I, I do have to get up at ten and usually
6: watch the games. Yeah, well, the Raiders play
2: at 10. Yeah, you got to get up and watch your team play. But other than that, I'm not doing that anymore.
1: No, but like you look at the early television. You had the Buccaneer-Panther game, which turned out to be a blowout. But at halftime, it was tied at 17. So at halftime, you woke up at halftime. It was like, ah, oh, this is anybody's game. The Browns-Texans game was 3 nothing Browns at halftime in bad weather. And the Lions and the team formerly known as the Redskins, it was, what was it? Like 17-3 to or something like that at halftime was a it was a oh yeah lopsided game and, and green bay and jacksonville was uh, was a 17-10 game they were all close they were all relatively close at halftime so uh yeah i i know but i actually want to go back to that ravens game we have some sound i want to play some of the reaction from the from the locker room and why don't we start with john Harbaugh. Now I, I i was ranting that john Harbaugh, as you you heard i, I went point by point there on on the ravens and their issues there, and it's time to start stressing out a little bit if you're John Harbaugh. But here's Harbaugh talking about the weather conditions and some of the sloppy football, particularly the snaps. He's blaming it on that.
6: Why it was happening was the the balls were wet and the rain was coming down really hard, and and, uh, that's not an excuse. I mean, did they still have to make the snaps? They made their snaps, but uh, I think that's the main reason.
1: Did did he say the balls were wet? I think he did. (laughs) Uh play that again,
6: That's Why it was happening was the, the, the balls were wet and the rain was okay. coming down very right. <laughs> <you> hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sounds like it's got drop potential for a future future uh, episode of the show. All right, uh, here's Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar, you just ask the reporters. I, I do love the media that try to build in the excuse. It's like, hey, you know, it's not your fault you didn't play all that well, Lamar. It's the fact that it's the, the weather, it's the rain and all that. Here's Lamar not taking the bait. I give him credit.
6: Condition, the weather wasn't on our side. Every time we was up, it, like the rain just started pouring down even harder. Um, but, you know, it's part of football. Things happen. The weather's not going to always be perfect. We still got to find a way to pull through, pull out a um, victory. Um, we just didn't tonight.
1: Yeah. So actually, what Belichick did is he hired some uh, some people back from the olden country, and he was able to do like a rain dance when the Ravens had the ball. The Patriots did like a little rain dance to make it rain harder when the Ravens were on offense, and then they did the opposite when the Patriots had it. All right. Now Lamar says that the Ravens are in a surly mood; that they are they're not a happy bunch there because of this loss.
6: We took off. You know, don't nobody like losing. Um, I know none of you guys will like losing, you know. Um, especially when we know we got a lot of talent on our team, we got to regroup. Tuesday we go watch film on our opponents, on Tennessee, and we're gonna build from there.
1: I disagree. I think you need to embrace losing because remember the better story. It's one of our golden rules here: the better story is always in the losing locker room. Because when you win, there's a thousand people that say how great you are and rah rah, we love you. But when you lose, you're by yourself, and you have to come up with excuses. And I love it. And uh, the ugly truth is a lot of really good media people that people that know where the better story is would agree that the better story is on the losing side of things. Uh, the Burner account writes in says, how dare you, Benjamin? This is a bad job by you. You should have started by talking about the dork formerly known as Mr. Unlimited. Now, Mr. Turnover Machine, let's watch the MVP trophy slip away. But I already took the MVP trophy away from Russell Wilson last week after the Buffalo game. I took it away from Russell, so he didn't have it. Patrick Mahomes Mr. is your MVP. Mr.
4: Mr. Unlimited. Uh, you got to be unlimited.
1: Yes, you got to be unlimited. Sure, there you go. Uh, spend another million dollars in your body, Russell. That's going so well for you. There you go, the last couple of weeks. A C-plus monologue according to the burner account. Then Mr. Nice Guy is like trying to slam Cowherd for his picks. Let me tell you something, Mr. Nice Guy. Guys like Cowherd, don't get, they don't get paid to get their picks right. They get paid to have picks. You dumb people don't seem to understand that. It's not about getting it right. If you got it right, you'd be in Vegas giving out picks as a tout. That's how that works. Now, David is threatening me. David's in Ohio. He's the big Steeler fan. He says, holy Iron City beer bin. I'm sure we're going to hear nothing but four hours of Steeler talk. And I promise you, Maller, if you begin with Alligator Arms Murray and that second-rate Buffalo team, I'm turning you off forever. Don't worry. I already started the show with the Patriots and the Ravens. That's how I began the show. Ozzy Momentum says the Ravens need to call up Earl Thomas to get him back. You know he will be desperate with the money he's going to have to pay in his divorce, or they could just go – Uh, the Trump path and claim they won the game regardless
4: of the results. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
1: Robbie, the Mariner fan, writes in. He says, I'd like to preempt your trashing of Josh Allen by taking full blame for the Bills' loss. Anytime I have a rooting interest, Robbie says, in a sporting event, bad things happen, hand up, bad job by me, Buffalo. I promise I won't watch the next game live says Robbie, the Mariner fan. We will address that. Uh, There's a lot of people that don't know football that uh, apparently have been commenting on the outcome of that, the Hail Mary at the end there. I will give you the expert analysis that you will only get in the overnight. So I said the Ottoman era returns, and that would be Cam Newton after the Patriots win against the Ravens in the Sunday night game. Cam Newton came out, as he usually does, on his Zoom call because there's actually no human interaction anymore because of the corona. So Cam Newton, on a Zoom video call interview with the media there, was wearing a large hat. He was wearing the Fez hat. Do you know what the Fez hat is, Eddie? Are you aware I do. of the yes, Fez I hat? Yes, I do know the Fez hat. This is, um, a, it, it was, it's from Morocco, uh, the Moroccan city of Fez. That's the, why the,
3: like, those the, the Shriners wear those, right?
1: Yes, like the, you'd you'd see them at the Shriners Club roast. Do they still have the Shriners Club roast? Do they still have those? I don't know, like, but every, um, in those
3: little like small town parades, like where I grew up, they would like r- drive around in these little cars and they had their little hats on. It was kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind
1: of amusing, it, I guess. It. If you're old and you remember the Flintstones, they, didn't they? They wore the the Grand Poobah kind of thing. Didn't they wear that hat? A no, they hat? Had, no, no, no. no. They, had the water, they, they had the water
3: buffalo lodge hat. Like a they had big, the
1: water buffalo yeah, lodge. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like a shi- a Shriners Club roast. And I was reading a little bit about the fez hat because I was like, wow, that's an interesting interesting thing. And it has the tassel like you would have when you graduate from college. You know, you have the tassel on top of the hat. But it's not that. It's not like the kind of hat you would wear at a graduation or anything like that. But the modern fez, according to my internet research, uh, a lot of the popularity goes back to the Ottoman era. So Cam Newton wearing the fez hat after the game. Now, we, would he have worn that hat if the Patriots had lost to the Ravens? Was that the victory hat? Did he have a secondary hat to wear just in case the Patriots had lost? Because you don't want to wear that. That's a that's a celebratory hat. You don't want to wear that hat after a loss. You. You gotta wear a different hat, right? Isn't that normally how that goes? I think he's wearing that hat regardless, no matter what. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's go to the phones. Blind Sea Bass is up first here, and he is in Nashville. Hello, Blind Sea Bass. His team played back on Thursday, although not really well. Hello, Blind Sea Bass. Ben,
6: this game coming up with the Ravens. It's a get right game for them because from here on out, the rest of the season. That's what it's all. Every team that plays the Titans, that's all it's going to be. Is a get get right game. This team, this defense is horrid. It's putrid. I hate watching them. They suck. The offense is getting that way too. It's driving me bananas. Like I didn't even listen to the whole. I turned the game off at halftime because I knew it was over.
1: Hey, blind Seabass, I feel like this call should have been made Thursday Probably night Friday. and Friday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean this. I feel like this is an old. I feel like this is an outdated call. I feel like
6: it Where, is because you know yeah. uh on the scale of 1 to 10 on the maller of being pissed off i yeah. was a 35
1: you were 35 on the maller scale of anger he was,
3: 1 to he 10 you were simmering
1: over the weekend yeah. oh I was
3: angry. yeah,
6: yeah. I and mean, you know and then going to church because everybody knows i'm a big titans fan and, you know they kept prodding me about it which you know even made me angrier today at church while trying to listen to the message <laughs> Were
1: you were enraged while sitting at the tabernacle. You were, you, you were so annoyed because you could, you could not stop thinking about the Titans, and, and you were getting provoked by the other people at the church. Is this correct? Oh, yes. <laughs> now, they should have done a sermon for the Titans is what the, uh, the, 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 uh, the preacher should have done there, is give a little uh, message for the Titans to get them out of their slump here.
6: Yeah, they need some kind of help, and I'm like I said, you know that defense, man. It's just I don't know what's going on with them. They just the defense just playing out sucks.
1: Okay, well that's simple. See, that's we don't have to. The simplest answer it's it's Ottoman's razor. Uh, The simplest answer is often the correct answer. So uh, just go with that, right? Occam's razor. uh, I I say Ottoman on the mind. Occam's razor. Who? That's a different reason.
6: While well, fighting alligators, do <laughs> to clean up the swamp. Y'all have all
1: a good one. All right. I got to go. Thank you. Uh, whatever. I appreciate that. Uh, so dogs are biting. The dogs are biting. Now, the Patriots were a seven-point underdog. This is one of the few picks I got. right. I had a decent week. Eh, not a great week. Kind of middling week gambling. But the Patriots were a seven-point dog entering the Sunday night game with the Ravens. They won the game outright. Not only did they cover the spread, but they were... Winning the game. They won the game going away. So they now, in since the year 2000, the Patriots are 7-6 and six straight up when underdogs by 7 or more points, including the playoffs with Bill Belichick. 7-6. and six. You say, well, that's not that impressive. That's a 538 winning percentage. But did you know the entire rest of the NFL, the other 31 members of the football cartel, No other team in the NFL has a winning percentage that's even at 400% as a seven-point underdog and winning the game outright. And the Patriots have a winning record. Now, this was the first one with Cam Newton where they were able to win the game. Uh, All those other ones were in the Tom Brady era. Although I would imagine that somewhere along the way when Brady was out that they were an underdog of a sizable amount when Matt Castle was the quarterback that one season. But the Patriots, a winning record with Belichick as a seven-point underdog. Not just covering the spread, winning the game outright. Time now for the Who Am I Game. This is where we pretend to be somebody else as we call it the Who Am I Game. So Miami rookie quarterback Tua Tungabailoa has won each of his first three career starts, and he joins me as the only rookie quarterbacks to win their first three starts, and throw zero interceptions in the Super Bowl era. Again, Tua iloa he's won each of his first three starts. He joins me as the only rookie quarterbacks to win their first three starts and throw zero interceptions. This is in the Super Bowl era. Who am I? The answer,
4: next.
7: Hey,
6: Mona.
5: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum,
0: you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
8: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere. Anytime. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z Y N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
3: if you're a regular listener, you know the Ben Maller Show's unconventional sports talk. We dabble in the outlandish and bond with the freaks and geeks. Facebook's a digital playground for all of us. You can chat with other P1 friends of the show. It's painless, and you can cancel anytime. Just like our page. Go to Facebook.com slash Show. And now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller.
1: And here is the Who Am I game. Dolphin rookie quarterback Tua Tungavailoa wins again. He's now won each of his first three starts, and he joins me as the only rookie quarterbacks to win their first three starts and throw zero interceptions. This is in the Super Bowl era. That is the question. What's the answer? Our buddy Skeeter in Montana. He sent me a very nice birthday card back in April. He's going with Roadrunner. As his answer, Uh, who else do we have? Let's see, page down, page down. Kenny Stabler, guest by Steve. Ed from Spokane, tossed out by Christina in Spokane, along with Tony the Tiger. Joey Harrington from Smitty. Joey Harrington actually worked at Fox Sports Radio in the uh, early days after his career fizzled out, uh, briefly on the weekends. Uh, Johnny Q, guest by George Blanda. Uh, Who else do we have here? Gene Wilder, guest by Ed from Spokane. The Jolly Green Giant from Trucker Joe on the highways and byways of North America. Terry in England says, is it future Hall of Famer Drew Locke out? Is that the correct answer? Abraham J. Simpson from uh, Will in Pennsylvania. Let's see. Page up, page up. Bert Hooten from Rob, that's his guest. Wally in Florida is going with Tim Tebow. Jonathan got this one right, clearly cheating in Delaware. Bad job by him. Chad Hutchinson from Chris in Des Moines. Uh, Jason in Denver is not Drew Locke is the correct answer on that. Marcus Mariota, guessed by the Scorpio Niner. Just Josh saying, I am Spartacus is the correct answer. Uh, who else do we have here? Page down, page down. Vince Young. Uh, LOL from uh, K. Hutch. That's uh, K. Hutch's guess. Uh, Tortilla Man Tony's going with James whitey Bulger. Carl Winslow from the Fire Lake DJ in Michigan. Do you have an answer, Eddie? Yes, I believe the correct answer is Mike McMahon. The great Mike McMahon. No, that is incorrect. The correct answer, Carson Wentz of your Philadelphia Eagles. Woo! Yeah, Carson Wentz, who did not have an interception, uh, but he did fumble twice uh, for the Eagles, although I believe he recovered both of those fumbles. The Eagles, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, losing to the Giants. And if you look now at your NFL standings, the New York Giants are lurking three and seven, and they've matched Philadelphia in the win column. And the Giants, who already have seven losses, have a shot at making the playoffs because they're in the right division. They are in the right division. All right, let's go back to the phones and let's say hello to, let's see here, eeny, meeny, miny, mighty. Let's go to Eddie, who's in Charlotte. What's going on, Eddie?
7: Hey, Mr. Ben, how are you and the guys doing? Y'all doing great work. I appreciate y'all.
1: Well, thank you, Eddie. What's on your mind, bud?
7: Okay, um... Well, you just mentioned my New York Giants. I called about them. Now, if you look at strength of schedule, Mr. Ben, um I yeah. think we have, like you say, an outside child of making the playoffs. And, you know, once the Giants get in the playoffs, we always run the table. Now, you're, getting and, a little, you're getting a little carried away there, Eddie. Little, <laughs> little, <laughs> well, as long, now there. seriously, as long as Dandy Dimes stays turned over less, I mean, we're 2-0 and. Oh, and he, he, I mean, he likes to give away points as long as he doesn't do that. I think, uh, you know, they get their little thing together as the season goes on.
1: Well, you got the the bye week, so I don't think the Giants can lose the bye week, right? I think it's going to be pretty tough to lose that unless a bunch of guys yeah. go out and get arrested. And then you got Cincinnati after that, and you, know, you should be able to counterpunch. Yeah. The, 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 the schedule angle. looks
7: good in our favor.
1: Well, I mean, but then the Giants have been very good for me as a gambler, Eddie, because they've been covering the spread quite a bit, even when they haven't yes, been winning. Yes, yes. So,
7: very and, much. Uh, okay, let me ask you this last question. I'm going to let you go. Um, with us liking the, uh, a whole lot of points being scored, do you think the Aroos Committee is going to do anything on that onside rule, or do you think it's just not fair to be able to score 21 points with two no, minutes no, left and no, win well, the
1: game? All right, well, thank you, Eddie. I take that off the air. I like that. That's one of my other favorite radio cliches. I'll take it off the air. Uh, But no, Eddie, here's the way I would look at that. Uh, The onside kick is a complete nothing burger. It's a waste of time. So why not leap forward? If you're not going to allow players to have a chance to recover the onside kick, which really, it it takes tremendous football incompetence for you to allow the other team to recover the onside kick. You've really got to be bad at your job. I know that kicker in Atlanta did it a couple times last season, but it's very rare. So why not bring – I like this 4th and 15 rule, which we talked about uh, back in May, and then the NFL is apparently revisiting it here and their rules committee is going to get together. Think about that. A 4th and 15 lined up at your own 25-yard line, how exciting would that be? It would be awesome. I think that that is a solution. You have a problem. I don't know who came up with it. I know it's gimmicky, but they've, it's, they've taken away the onside kick. It does not exist. You can't get a running start. You have no chance to recover it most of the time.
2: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new
8: free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin Ten Challenge and enjoy ten smoke-free, spit-free days for just five ninety-five. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
0: Zumo Play.